As you may know, the concept of trend following has been around for a long time and a few books has been written on the topic over the years. But it wasn't until a few years back where the quote-unquote Bible on trend following was written by Catherine Kaminsky and Alex Graceman. Today I want to share some really interesting lessons that Catherine Kaminsky took away from her long journey to publishing this book. A few behind-the-scenes insights and some of the key things that she and Alex discovered along the way. So sit back and relax and enjoy these unique takeaways from my conversation with Catherine. And if you would like to listen to the full conversation, and I hope you do, just go to toptradersonplug.com forward slash 41 and also forward slash 42. If I go back for, for just a second, this sure. concept of trend following is something that has been passed on throughout the ages. Mm. Um, I think we start our book by saying, um, find a trend and follow it is a common adage that has been passed on throughout mm-hmm. the centuries. Mm-hmm. And this is quite, you know, sort of one of the points that we begin the book with is that people have been using and following the <laughs> following the the herd, following the crowd mm. for for as long as anybody ever has imagined. And mm. essentially trend following is simply following a, a trend that you may see. Sure. Um, and if you look across history, this particular approach, if done the right way, can actually be very stable over time. Um, and that's what we see in the in the beginning of the book is there's an 800-year analysis. And right. I mean, granted that, you know, any of these analysis are not, in, you know, sort of empirically sort of hardcore research, but they give us some some perspective mm. on sort of, wait a minute, you know, is this something that I could have done throughout the ages? And I think if you take that and you think about what trend following is about, trend following is about following something that looks like it's going up. Mm-hmm. And cutting your losses when you think it's not. Mm-hmm. And so it's very simple. I mean, granted, the way that we do it today is much more sophisticated and much more systemat- systematic and sophisticated. But, I mean, the concept is really simple. Sure. And I think, you know, in a sense, that's a little bit, well, it's quite interesting to me because I think sometimes managers overcomplicate the message of trend following because they want to sound like what they do is really sophisticated, but in reality, it's it's really not that hard. Definitely not. And I mean, I think I spent a lot of my research time thinking about stop loss mm. and why do people use stopping rules, for example. Mm. And there's a lot of behavioral reasons for this. You know, I mean, and trend following is, is exactly the same. I mean, you create some systematic rules to help you control your behavior, to mm. help you to make decisions. Um, and so for something like stop loss as an example, um, we use a stop loss because we know that we may not be able to get ourselves to stop the loss yeah, sure. uh, without like making the decision a priori. Um, and trend following strategies and the concept of trend following is about creating a simple set of rules, a simple heuristic for how do you actually profit from moves Mm. up or down? And um, if they exist, how do you sort of handle them? Mm. Because, yeah, so when we start our book, actually, one of the 
interesting graphs. The first graph that we have is actually performance of the S&P 500 for the last 20 odd years and then performance of trend following. And if you just look at that graph, there clearly are trends, Mm -hmm. long trends that exist in history in different markets. So if we sort of have that approach, there may be some ways to sort of develop heuristics to help us to handle the ups and the downs mm-hmm. over time. I want to I want to try and stay with the theme of the history and trend following and just ask you, how did you find sort of evidence of trend following taking place going back so many years? Because we obviously, many of us remember the last 5, 10, 20 years. But once you sort of get past that, and, um, you know, for most investors, uh, we're not in the markets, uh, you know, 50 years ago or 100 years ago, how how did you observe or identify signs of trend following back then? Well, I mean, I think in the, the beginning, the beginning of our book starts with an 800-year analysis. Mm-hmm. And that data, I mean, you have to think of it as an abstraction. Right. You know, imagine that, you know, 200 years ago that you're sitting there looking at prices for rice or, Mm. you know, not oil, but but not 200 years ago. Um, So you're looking at prices for lean hogs. Sure. I mean, there's clearly maybe dealers that are selling, selling these particular prices. So you have to abstract that the historical record that we have of those prices represents sort of an aggregate view of how those markets behaved over history. Mm-hmm. If you see it that way, um, then you sort of take this abstraction with the idea that what if I was the type of person that just said, if I see things are going up in the last 12 months, mm-hmm. I buy. Yeah. If I see things are going down, I sell if I can. Sure. And do that simple thought analysis, mm. not complicated rules, but basically just looking at history, 12 months by or so. Mm. And you do that over history, equal weighted, and then we examine how that performs. And the performance is relatively stable mm-hmm. and somewhat, I mean, intuitive to me as um, was what you see with modern day trend following. But modern day trend following is obviously much more sophisticated, but the concept is exactly the same. Yeah. I think also you, um, am I right in saying that you found actually some quotes from some, I don't know what it was, was it a politician or something like that, um, who actually used words that I think we use nowadays in describing trend following? Yes, this uh, quote is from David Ricardo, who was a legendary political economist. Okay. Um and this is sourced from a book called The Great Metropolis in 1838. Okay. Um, and he said, cut short your losses and let your profits run on. Right. <laughs> so I Sounds mean, very familiar, doesn't it? It's almost 200 years old, but yeah. uh, it's the same concept. Extraordinary. Before we go into sort of... Um, the next topic as such. I want to stay with the theme of history, but in a broader context. Um, We talked about sort of the history of trend following, but I think it's fair to say that trend following, perhaps you could say, is built upon three things. Data, which relates to history. Then there's some science. And then there's kind of the, the art 
talk to me about what you think about these three building blocks when you hear them. Well, I think this is an important concept because in, in our book, we kind of focused on all three, history, science, and art. And I think one of the things that uh, often we academics tend to forget is that history is very important because history provides, it sort of shapes how we perceive things mm -hmm. and it builds contextual reference, uh, relevance. Um, mm -hmm. It gives us contextual um, relevance for what we do. So we started with history in the book, well knowing that sort of historical analysis is fraught with, uh, with issues. Sure. But we thought it was important to tell that story. On the other hand, we also focused a lot on how do you create a science, a structure around the art, which then turns into art. Sure, yeah. So I think our book, in some sense, is much more about the science. Mm -hmm. And then we give details in terms of how art can be added to it. So I would say that the science of trend following is understanding how to build a system, mm -hmm. okay. what properties are important in building that system, sure. what uh, statistical properties to expect of the strategy, how to understand how to combine different components of a trend-following system. Sure. Um, and I'd say that the art is actually in the application. Okay. So if you imagine any sort of trading strategy or any 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 hedge fund strategy in general, the science is simply how they construct their process. Mm. But the art is what makes one manager different from another. That's it for now. And remember that if you want to listen to the full conversation with Catherine, please go to toptradersonplug.com forward slash 41 and forward slash 42. If you enjoy this short, insightful clip from a past episode of the show, then you will love the free book I'm giving away right now. It's called The Many Flavors of Trend Following, and it includes some of my best insights to this, the most dependable and consistent yet often overlooked investment strategy. You can get your free copy at toptradersonplug.com forward slash book right now to start your own journey today. So again, just go to toptradersonplug.com forward slash book and make sure to tune back into the podcast or YouTube channel next week for more exciting and engaging conversations. Until next time, take care.